to the DeCesare Group Podcast. This is episode number 25. I'm your host, Jim DeCesare, and we're happy to have you join us today. As always, we've got an engaging and informative show lined up for you. Before we get into our conversation with today's guest, Eric Sexton, he's the executive director of the Barron River Area Development District, better known as BRAD. Let's remind you how you can stay connected with us. Make sure you follow the DeCesare Group on Facebook, Twitter, now known as X, Instagram, and LinkedIn to get our latest updates. And if you want to stay in the loop with economic development and business news in South Central Kentucky, don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News. Now let's introduce our guest for this week. I recently sat down with Eric Sexton. Eric has been the Executive Director of the Barron River Area Development District since 2017. He's a WKU grad and has been an outstanding leader at BRAD. The BRAD is the Regional Council of Governments in South Central Kentucky. It includes 10 counties and serves a population of just about 285 individuals. The Brad is one of 15 area development districts in Kentucky. And here's my conversation with Eric Sexton. Eric, thanks for being on the DeCesare Group Podcast. We're happy to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me, Jim. All right, tell us a little bit about Brad. What what, what are you and what do you do? Very good. The, the Brad stands for the Barren River Area Development District. We're one of 15 area development districts across the Commonwealth of Kentucky. In our region, we serve 10 counties, 25 incorporated cities. We have uh, two uh, very distinct federal designations, uh, one as an economic development uh, uh, district and the other as an area agency on aging and independent living. I got you. So on the economic development uh, district, is that the 10 counties as well? Is it the same 10 counties? That's correct. The um, U.S. Economic Development Administration determines what and how economic development districts uh, exist. In Kentucky, 50-plus years ago, uh, the area development district concept was uh, introduced and the boundaries were formed. And so that's kind of how we got to where we are today. All right. And so uh, the way I understand it is Brad supports local governments in South Central Kentucky uh, with economic development and business growth. So how, how do you all do that? So a variety of ways. Uh, one of the things I'll plug kind of off the top, we do a lot of tracking. And so I can tell you that as of the end of June, we're administering over $42 million of investment Ooh. in 52 different federal and state grants that have been awarded to our counties and cities within our, our development district. And that's $42 million? Yes, Wow, that's a lot of money to keep up with. (laughs) It's a lot to keep up with, but we have a really talented crew um, that help our counties and cities um, not only apply for those grants, but then administer them. Because there are a lot of smaller cities, and even counties for that matter, that they they can't afford to hire a grant writer. So, you know, if there's some monies out there that they could apply for, that's where you all come in. Is that correct? Absolutely. We do a lot of our work in the rural footprint of our of our district. Mm-hmm. However, I do want to say we work really well with um, the city of Bowling Green and the county of Warren because there are some grants um, that only that require certain certifications that only the area development district has. Okay. Um, so in those instances, the county or the city will sometimes reach out to us and say, "Can you you know help us at least get this started?" Yeah. Uh, those types of situations. But yes, we provide a lot of support to our um, outlying counties and cities, those, as you said, that don't have the capacity to really um, write, understand, and administer those grants. Yeah. So uh, do you know of any success stories or projects where Brad's involvement has made a significant impact on the region's economic development activity? 
Sure, I, I, I can give you a few. Of course, examples. you do. I have several. All I right. have several. Uh, so I, I'd like to mention a few, actually. So one of the things that we're federally required to do is write a comprehensive economic development strategy, mm-hmm. which we call it the SEDS for short, and that's usually where you start losing people when you start talking acronyms, but. Uh, the SEDS has been around a really long time, and our goal is that we update it annually, but every five years we do kind of a, a, a an overhaul, if you will. Was that done recently? It was. So in 2021-2022, we started a new effort, and what we did actually— um, yeah, I know the answer to this question, by the way. Just I know you do, because you were involved. <laughs> yeah, I was. And and we were actually really thrilled to have folks uh, with your mindset and your experience at the table in all of our counties. But we took a different approach. We modernized the process of this SEDS. What used to be, you know, a big binder that sat on a shelf or maybe propped up a door, we said, you know, what value does that actually bring to our community? We're in the digital age. Uh, people are online. So we decided to modernize the process. We um, went into each county, created steering committees, asked them over the course of 14 months, what's important to your community? We helped them create goals and objectives centered around 11 different pillars of of uh, life and the pursuit of happiness in the Brad region. Right. And that can be anything from, you know, safety to infrastructure and everything in between. Absolutely. So there's goals centered around transportation, uh, public safety, housing, workforce, even just sense of place. You know, how do we have the communities that we want that we feel safest in? And so what we did when we modernized that process Um, It actually won us a national recognition because we were one of the first development districts in Kentucky. We're not the only, but we're one of the first to digitize that process. So we said, we're not going to print, you know, 50, 800 page binders and hand them out. We're going to put this online. It's going to live online. And then the cool thing is, say you don't like a goal that your community has and you want to do it differently. Let's just change it. Let's yeah. not set it in stone. Let's adapt to the needs of the community as they develop and as they change. So through that process, um, we, we had some recognition um, at the state and national level. And what's been really cool and rewarding about that initiative is the use by the local officials and decision makers when they're trying to figure out how do we go about planning things for our community. That's pretty awesome. But So any, any other examples? I mean, I know you all... You, you meet monthly and y'all vote on things and, you, you know, you have water projects and you have this, that and the other where you, you're always doing stuff for, for local governments. We are. And that's really um, that's really our, our task is how can we improve the quality of life in the region? So we um, are governed by. Uh, local governments in the region. That's who makes up our board of directors. So the county judge executives, the mayors of incorporated cities, and some citizen members. Uh, But we also know that it takes more than just that to run communities. So we have folks from the university and the technical college on our board, from industrial authorities on our board. uh, And we try to have a nice diverse background so that we're being able to take everything in. So when we modernized that process with the SEDS, we decided, okay, what can we do with that now? So we identified some um, regional goals that kept coming back. People wanted to know more about housing. People wanted to know more about workforce. So we decided to have a said summit. And so we did a summit back in January and of this year, very successful. Over 200 regional leaders came to the table. We had the Secretary of the Economic Development Cabinet as the keynote speaker. 
And it was really great because people kind of got to see the effort they put into the goals and then how we're trying to bring solutions and resources to them. So it was a very successful summit. Well, you know, my next question is kind of shot, but maybe you can add more to it because I was going to ask you, you know, everything's changing so quickly. And and I want to know how you all, how Brad adapts and stays ahead of the curve in its effort to promote regional growth, but you're already winning awards for this. But so, you know, what else have you got going yeah. on? What else have you got? Well, we need bag of tricks here. Hey, thanks, Jim. We may be winning awards, but we don't sleep. We we want to always be uh, as ahead of the curve as we can be. And so to do that, we kind of look at three things. We want to learn, we want to connect, and we want to plan. We're planners. Mm-hmm. We we support the planning components for economic development. We're not industrial recruiters. Some people, sometimes people get that misnomer with area development districts. Oh, they're out, you know, going and courting the industry and they're bringing, no, but when you bring that industry as a recruiter, how can we help you get the infrastructure that they need or the, the, the components they need to be successful? So we try to learn from our communities and always keep our ear to the ground, listening to those local officials, because as you know, they know best. And then we try to stay connected uh, really well with our federal and our state partners. We have wonderful partnerships with not only the cabinet level folks at the state level with the Department for Local Government and Health and Family Services, but uh, we also work with the Economic Development Cabinet, federal agencies like EDA and um, the Appalachian Regional Commission. Um, there are a plethora of people we try to stay connected to so that when we do that planning work, it all kind of comes together and, and creates something that's useful. And and. I know this this isn't really well I'm gonna say it is related to economic development but you know you you said you had the the certified aging uh, division mm-hmm. and I guess part of of economic development and helping cities and local government is prepare mm-hmm. because the the aged population is the fastest growing that's correct and so what are you doing in in those areas to help local governments be be ready for what's coming Yeah, so that's a great question, and we're doing a few things. One, much like the planning aspect of our community and economic development division, our aging division and services, we also have a planning component. We have an aging planner, and what they're doing is they're going out into the communities understanding as this current population starts to age, what are the things that they need to age comfortably in their homes Mm -hmm. and out of costly long-term care. Um, And so we do that by utilizing funding from um, the U.S. Department for Health and Human Services that flows through the state through the Department for Aging and Independent Living. So we help run case management and supportive services to older Americans by um, ensuring that they have all the things that they need to remain in their home. And then we also help um, our, our partners like Community Action operate the senior centers by pulling down funds to feed seniors nutritious meals. And people sometimes don't make that connection uh, to human capital with economic development, but it's actually very important. Absolutely. I mean, when, when, and I know this, you know, have done and doing some site selection myself, is that when, when they're looking here, they want to make sure that, you know, it's a great place to live, work, and raise a family. But if you're going to stay here, you're going to have a quality of life after you retire uh, and leave the workforce or maybe go to part time or whatever you do. And and having those services available and having the ability uh, to take care of the aged population. So 
that you know everybody's covered mm-hmm. and not necessarily covered where they're they're staying in a in a nursing home or an assisted living facility or something like that. You know, that, that's just that's part of of the whole dynamic when we promote South Central Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Is you can you can retire here too nicely. <laughs> I agree with you. And so kind of actually to piggyback, I'll give you an example of one of the things that we're currently working on, really in collaboration with the city of Bowling Green and the Bowling Green Chamber. Uh, they came to us and said, hey, we're, we're doing a housing study. Mm-hmm. Of course, we know what happened in December of 2021. Right. And we know we already had tremendous housing needs. And so you know, guess what? The entire region has some housing needs. So we're developing an RFP right now to do a regional housing study with a child care component in it because what we're hearing a lot is you know we have these jobs that are becoming available and a lot of them um, but child care is an obstacle so what we're hoping to do is you know what the chamber and the city is able to do kind of in the bowling green warren county footprint we'll be able to mirror that in our outlying counties have one comprehensive study that then can help direct our builders and our realtors and all the folks that are trying to make sure that we're developing where we can develop and use land appropriately and and all of those things. So we're actually really excited to hopefully be releasing that, Jim, in the next 30 30 to 40 days. Awesome. And I know a lot of people are interested in that study because, uh, you know, it it helps uh, developers and planners and uh, local governments with infrastructure needs and things like that to know, you know, what kind of housing needs we're going to need for the for the region. And, you know, it's. it's hard to keep a house on the market right now because they go pretty quick and there's just not enough. That is correct. All right. So highlight any collaborative initiatives or partnerships that Brad is currently engaged in to strengthen uh, the local economy further besides the housing plan that you've got going on. Absolutely. So I do have a couple other things. I have something that just happened and I have something that recently happened that maybe your listeners might like to know because both um, are going to provide some resources and some opportunities for systemic change in the long game. So um, currently, our agency just partnered with Med Center Health, the Barron River Health Department District and Life Skills. And we brought over, uh, well, around 200 leaders from the region for an inaugural opioid symposium. Okay. Um, Really, the idea here is, as you're aware, there's the Kentucky um, um, Office of uh, Opioid Abatement Coalition. I'm going to say that wrong. It's got an acronym. It's housed housed with the Attorney General, but Kentucky was party to uh, a... $26 $26 billion, billion dollar, uh, opioid settlement, and it's bringing $478 million to the Commonwealth of Kentucky over the next 18 years. In the Brad region, there's currently just shy of $2 million already setting with our local counties and cities, uh, projected somewhere around $6.7 to $7 million by the time this thing winds up. So what we really have is an opportunity to think regionally about mm-hmm. how we can help those who've been struggling with addiction, whether it's in prevention, treatment, recovery. So we brought together this summit. We had an awesome keynote speaker who is grassroots, community community development. His book is 13 Ways to Kill Your Community. And so it's the, you know, hey, let's not give them water. Let's not take care of our youth and our older population. Right. So what we're excited about is this should create some opportunities um, across the 10-county footprint um, to support those that are struggling with addiction, 
but then let's get them in the workforce, which is where we need them. Yeah. And so there's going to be a huge workforce opportunity that comes along. So this uh, summit kicked off. Excellent response. Um, there's some working groups that are going to create more of a regional coalition that will then help the local decision makers decide how how we can take those funds and use them in the most effective way. So that's one thing that just happened that we're extremely uh, excited about. And, and one of the terms that if you've listened to this podcast at all, you've heard us talk about many times is workforce participation. Mm-hmm. And we need to get that number up. And, and this is one of the, the tools you'll use to help hopefully drive that number back up a little bit. That's right. And we want to be a part of solutions for workforce because it is part of the concerns of our member governments and it's something that is important to the region. So anything that we can do to support that, we want to do that. So the other thing I'll kind of um, highlight is, and here's an interesting fact on this too, we uh, when I first got to Brad, all the judges and the mayors were like, we need broadband, we need broadband, we need broadband. Okay, let me go find you some internet. Yeah. So um, we started thinking, how can how can we help them? So there are a lot of grant opportunities, but every time we would help a community apply, they would not receive those funds because they didn't have a broadband feasibility study. So we found some money uh, through some of our state and federal partners. And we were able to commission an RFP for a regional broadband feasibility study in okay. 2021. Yeah, It was released in 2022. And so every county in the Brad footprint has at their disposal uh, a broadband feasibility study. The public can look at it as well. It's on our planning website. But what's important about that is only 10% of counties in the entire United States actually had this level of information uh, and data uh, to go after these funding opportunities. And so now in the Brad region, 100% of our counties have That's it. Awesome. So we were really proud of that, and we were proud to bring that about. And we already have a couple of counties that are leaning on that um, information and trying to use that to expand some broadband opportunities. And so that allows them to go after some grants they might not be able to, to pursue if they didn't have this this feasibility study. And as far as economic development is concerned, every industry that moves into the region that is one of the top three questions. You know, fiber, broadband, high-speed internet service, do you have it? That's right. So uh, It really goes back, too, to the core of who we are. We're a planning agency, so how can we provide different levels of planning or comprehensive planning to counties and cities, but personalizing them, knowing that, hey, maybe what needs to happen over here on this side of the district might be similar but a little different. So how can we personalize that? So we really do try to get engaged with the communities listen to the communities, and then try to help create those goals and objectives. Um, And the really exciting thing about all of this is, you know, we're now in 2023, and so you can go to our Brad website and find a lot of this information that I've shared with you Mm -hmm. today. And we have a planning website. And so that is, if if you really like to geek out on numbers, look at goals and objectives, we're actually tracking over 170 regional goals and objectives as part of that comprehensive plan. You can go to planning.brad.org and you can check it out. You can filter it by topic. You can look at it by county or you can look at the regional snapshot. And that's the work of, you know, folks like you who were sitting on those steering committees. Um, it's your work. And we we're able to kind of put it together and showcase it in a way that actually helps people make decisions. Now, I'm going to switch gears on you real quick, because one of the big things that's uh, 
huge for our economy in this region is, is tourism. And when you think about tourism, there are a couple of places that come to mind automatically. One's like the Corbett Museum, but the other is Mammoth Cave National Park. And we have a, a nice biosphere um, reserve in mm -hmm. this region. Warren County's part of it. Uh, most of the counties in the 10-county Brad area are in this Mammoth Cave National Park biosphere reserve. And I sit on the advisory committee. Are you on it? I am. You're on it. Yeah, I thought you were. And, and you also host uh, some of the information for that as well. And I think that's that's extremely important for, for us to be not only uh, you know promoting uh, the biosphere region or reserve, but also maintaining it and taking care of it as well. And and you all play a big part of that. Yeah, we, we love that partnership with Mammoth Cave National Park and being part of the U.S. biosphere. Um, my understanding from the history of that was in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, my predecessor was very involved in helping the national park get that U.S. distinction or that international distinction as a U.S. biosphere. Mm -hmm. um, and so what's great about that, it kind of puts us in that science world a little bit, yeah. which is not my strength, but I also have learned um, very quickly the economic impact that a national park has on a region. So I, this is what I think makes South Central Kentucky great. You know, we can make the cars, we can race them around the track, we can go hiking above surface, or we can go in a cave and explore. Uh, and, you know, even, you know, last what, last year when they brought Yo-Yo Ma and yeah, Teddy to, Abrams to, to, to inside the cave, you know, what an incredible experience for people to have from this region. And so many people from across the world come to Mammoth Cave National Park. I've really enjoyed the partnership with them and learning how they have a huge impact on our tourism and on economic development in the in the region. So yeah, it's, it's massive. Great. I've I've been at the park. You know, I go there. I go up there a lot, and that parking lot's always full. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's always full. Yeah, so it's, it's good. You know, you can really all times through the year too, yeah. because the trails are great. Um, so the above surface stuff is fun, but uh, much like you, every time I've gone there, there's always something going on. It's always busy. Uh, I always love, I'm a license plate guy, so I always love like driving yeah. and seeing like where, where are they from. Yeah. Uh, and it's impactful because uh, it's not just Kentuckians. It's, it, it truly has a huge, yeah. huge reach. Well, we appreciate the, the, the partnership that Brad has with the, uh, the International Biosphere mm -hmm. Reserve at Mammoth Cave National Park. And uh, we appreciate all the work that, that you do it, Brad, and, and your your team. Uh, I know you want to give them a shout-out because you, you've got a lot of folks that help make all this magic happen. Listen, I, I could not do this job without them. And it's not really a job for me, Jim. It's 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 kind of I feel like I'm working in a calling because I love being involved in, in the region and the community. But we have some of the most talented professionals in the building across all of our areas of programming all the way you know from community economic development to our aging programs we operate um, three of the state's six Medicaid waivers for individuals which is something else we could probably talk about that would show some tremendous financial impact for the yeah. region uh, but then we have this talented team uh, that take care of all the finances help us oversee a 16 to 18 million dollar budget depending on what programs come through what year yeah um and you know we do that um a lot of our funds are passed through and so we do that with you know pushing pretty much 75 to 80 percent of those funds directly through to our communities and taking very little for administrative and so uh, very talented individuals that care about 
our communities that live and work in our communities and mm-hmm. region and love being here. So uh, we're very fortunate. Um, they make me look good every day. Yeah, they do. Well, that, that great, great team and uh, great leadership. Uh, anything I left out or anything else you want to add before we uh, we turn you loose? Uh, no, I'll just say, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Is that yeah, kind of what they say right, in radio? Yeah. Richie's right? not starting tonight. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you for having me, uh, you know, for your listeners. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with what an area development district is, uh, please reach out to us. We're very accessible now with social media. And also, um, you know, on our website, you can find tons of information. Our board meetings are open to the public. They occur about about every month. Yeah. Uh, we're actually celebrating next Wednesday which would be September 27th, our 55th annual meeting. Uh, this year, we're traveling over to Logan County to the fair city of Auburn. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, we just want to encourage people to get involved and get to know your area development district. We're sometimes a little bit of a hidden secret. Yeah. Uh, and then once people realize what we're trying to do, uh, we've been able to accomplish quite a bit. So thank you again for having me. And we'll put the uh, link to the uh, Brad website uh, in the con- in the uh, description of the podcast. Uh, thanks for being on the, the DeCesare Group podcast, Eric. Hey, thanks, Jim. Thanks to Brad Executive Director Eric Sexton for sharing his insights with us today. It's clear that Brad's work is making substantial difference in South Central Kentucky region, and we appreciate the dedication they have in fostering economic development and business growth. If you found today's episode informative and insightful, please take a moment to leave a review for the DeCesare Group podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback helps us improve. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or X, whatever it's called, Instagram and LinkedIn to stay update, updated on all the things economic development and subscribe to our newsletter, Soki Economic Development and Business News, for the latest updates from the region. Today's program is produced by the DeCesare Group. The man behind the scenes in engineering our program is the magic man, Justin. Now you see me, now you don't, DeCesare, with content contributions from Brooke Mattingly and Amy DeCesare. That's it for today's episode of the DeCesare Group Podcast. Join us next time for another exciting conversation. Until then, stay informed, stay inspired, and keep working towards a thriving South Central Kentucky.